0: Welcome to Film Fight Club, I'm Glenn Falcon, it's for Falcon Screen, and we are joined by freelance writer and critic, Bharat Nehru. Hello, hello! And Sydney filmmaker, Chris Evans. Hello. <laughs> Now, what is that strange sound? We are shuffling our programs because it yeah. is the opening night of the Sydney Film Festival.
1: And we're still still flicking through this thing, trying to figure out a schedule that works, thanks to all these damn
0: clashes. Uh, clashes, because it is our annual Clashes episode. We haven't sorted out our schedules yet, so we are going through day by day and figuring out what we should see, what each other should see, and what you should see. And we will fight about it and figure out what you what is the best thing. And because there are so many
1: films, there are bound to be clashes. So, you have to kill some darlings. That's right. And uh, speaking of how many films there are, it's necessitated something unprecedented in Film Fight Club history. Yes, we have. Usually, we come to you half an hour a week, sometimes more with our
0: podcast, which you can download with podcasts everywhere. Every episode is now up on iTunes and Podcaster and all that. But we now have not one, not half an hour, not one hour, but we are coming to you throughout the City Film Festival for two hours every week.
1: Yes, we'll have 30 minutes on the air on Wednesday nights, as always, plus the extra podcast material for another half an hour, plus we'll be going now for the entirety of Sydney Film Festival with one hour-long episodes from 12 till 1 p.m. on Sunday.
0: So tune in that time or you can get us on the podcast and find out after a few days what you should be seeing, what we have seen, and what are the best things that are screening in and around Sydney.
1: We'll endeavor to give you the most complete Sydney Film Festival coverage on the radio. It is going to be
0: phenomenal. And speaking of Sydney Film Festival coverage on the radio, for all those two S E R Sydney Film Festival fans listening out there, um, there are many new additions, but there is one film that is a staple, and that is Heart's Beat Loud, the new Nick Hoffman and Tony Collette film, which is screening on the final night. And if you would like to see it, usually tickets are uh, what thirty bucks, but we can get them to you for nineteen ninety. So if you go on the 2S on the Sydney Film Festival app. And apply coupon 2SER18, that's 2 ser to the Heart Speed Loud Closing Night Session. Or the City Film Festival website if you don't have the app. You can get uh, discounted tickets to the new Offerman film and with, oh, what was his name? And Ron Swanson. Ron, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. From Parks and Recreation. Yeah,
2: Nick Offerman and Tony Clatt. They're the two main people.
1: And uh, indie heartwarming father-daughter type stuff. That it's a closing night film. It's a closing Close night. It's it's a, a, your night out with it. You know. Yeah, heart, heartwarming stuff, but, uh, which we will be rejecting in favour of uh, <laughs> brutality, as we'll get to later <laughs> in the programme. <laughs> first, we want
0: to touch base on the, another film, the biggest film in cinemas right now, which is Solo. Not uh, the drink, we're not advertising Solo, it is the new film with, you know, but it's, Solo. It's, it's still is got the, crushed. The,
1: it is the thirst crusher. And it's crushed the thirst for future Star Wars spin offs. <laughs> oh my God, it is not done well. I'm surprised. I didn't hate it.
0: I enjoyed a lot of it. I know there's differing opinions on this film on the panel, so we will be... Sometimes t- I just don't know who you are, Glenn. Oh dear, I'm looking forward to getting into that fight. And, not, and further in our podcast segment, because we will be doing an extended bit on Solo, but also on Solo spoilers. Now this is basically a spoiler-proof film, with one exception, and we will be talking about that big spoiler, which is my favorite part of the film. But I just, I was expecting front to say something there. I just saw this, this daggers like <laughs> staring across the studio at me.
2: It's not even that good a spoiler, but it's okay. You liked it. I love your club.
0: I love you too. Verratt. Wait, film fight club. Film fight club. <laughs> so get it right, guys. <laughs> so we are doing our Clashes episode, but we will start off with one film that um, has just screened and that is support the girls it is a new film with regina hall of scary movie fame and Haley lou richardson a very diverse actress who was recently in the age of 17 and in split she was one of the, uh, the kidnappers
1: regina hall of scary movie fame i would never what <laughs> I, those were pop- I didn't like them they were popular
0: movies let's be fair <laughs> okay. it's directed okay.
1: by one of the founding fathers of mumblecore for anyone who remembers that um andrew Bujalski, who directed mutual appreciation um Yeah, it's a very kind of warm film covering a manager about to uh, encounter a lot of trouble over a couple of days at the sports bar that she manages and her relationship with her employees. Yes, it's called Double. uh, The
0: sports bar is called Double Whammers. It is self-described as a sports bar with curves, and there is a number of new recruits as addition to a number of stalwarts, and it is their day in their crazy life. Now, I quite enjoyed this. Um, I've got to say, it started off really well with a semi-documentary style. It clearly was a fictional narrative film, and I liked that semi-detached fly in the wall scale. It kind of changed later in the film where you followed individuals round and you had less of a group dynamic, and I didn't enjoy those parts as
2: much. But for the beginning and end, I thought this was a thoroughly good watch. Yeah, I was surprised by how actually funny it was. You know, it's genuinely funny film, and it's really good. Look, Sydney Film Fest was known for its long films, and its heavy films, and its political narratives. Oh, it's, yeah. This is but, very light. But you don't get in to find ways. actually funny, you know, genuinely funny light movies often in the schedule. So it's actually a really good Film to begin your experience with. This is
1: a film that I think could easily have a mainstream audience. Oh totally, um, yeah. That you know, knowing the way things are these days, it'll de- struggle to find that. But I think this is a film that really could have mass appeal. Um, it's very endearing, I think, in the way that it depicts a very big-hearted, selfless, really individual looking after her, you know, extended family. Essentially, you know, um, it's really about the sisterhood of these employees and how they look out for each other as they defend against, you know, a lot of misogyny and just general jerkiness that comes with being in this environment.
2: But also I love how this didn't sort of run on the nose. The misogyny and the actual sort of heavy handedness is never sort of jutting out in your face.
1: I think for the most part that's correct until a point near the end of the movie yeah, when so it, I know exactly what you mean yeah. yeah it crosses a line and becomes a little bit too obvious yeah this is a film which deals with um, a lot of brilliant characters but also a lot
0: of quite single characters and in parts is the sparing but that's not the spirit of the film and it's very much encapsulated by the ending it is ultimately uplifting, very life affirming I think it is however it will be in cinemas at least in America later in the year we hope in Australia but if you don't have the opportunity to see it later in cinemas year you can see this again at the festival
1: yes it's showing we will find sometimes. it as- <laughs> we, we, we will come
0: back to it as we go through our schedules because we do have to plan the rest of our schedules now. Right after this episode, I will be running to catch the first half of Origin because it is also Origin hold, night.
1: Hold on, hold on. You can, if you want to see support the girls, you can catch it Saturday night at six thirty p.m. at the Randwick Ritz Cinema. This Saturday, this
0: Saturday. Oh, I'm seeing um, the new man Don Quixote.
1: As am I? Yeah. Which we
0: need to talk about as the editions. Am I? actually. Okay. okay so there's yeah. no We're there's just no clash getting there. together. We're yeah. Just, well, we've yeah. reached our
1: first clash. You can see support the girls or. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, the closing night film at the Cannes Film Festival, many years in the in the making. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you check out the making of documentary for the first attempt to make this film, which was aborted. Uh, which the film is called The Lost in La Mancha, and it was a production where pretty much anything that could go wrong did. And over the years, the curse of this film followed Terry Gilliam through seven follow-up attempts to bring this film to fruition until here it is, still stuck in legal turmoil. It has no Australian distributor because its release is being challenged by a rogue producer. Uh, But so... Try and help Terry Gilliam escape this curse by proving that his film can be seen at this first public screening and not have it crushed by a giant
0: foot. But it is incredible. It is the first public screening and it is one of the many first editions. I know,
2: actually and it's one of the late editions from Khan yeah. that the Cinevelum Festival program picked up. This was one of the films that I definitely we were talking, Chris and I were talking about this, and then Chris was like this is the one people did not get picked
3: up. Like, yeah, you like not even certain. It was that my it, hope. It was the one I was holding yeah. out for.
2: I thought it might happen
1: initially, but as like closing night film or something, and then when it didn't turn up, I thought no, they're not going to touch this legal hellhole. But no, there it is. I'm very glad. Yeah, all about I- City Film Fest. And all the Big Adam Driver films that are playing at the festival. And there are a number of other editions too. <laughs> Woman at War. Woman at War and Girl
2: are two two that I think all of us are going to miss, right? Yes, oh. uh, I was going to see it but now I'm um, the other clashing with three I, faces that I I, I, yeah, I I was like t- Banahi or Funny and I'm like Banahi. To be cl-
1: <laughs> to be clear, I, I think we'd all like to see those films. It's just gotten to a point where it's incredibly hard. Those two films I would actually be really keen for, but the late editions um have messed up our Perfectly curated and and artfully pruned over many days and hours, uh, yeah, city film yes. fest lined up. I yeah, just friends, last week well, they yes. suddenly dropped eight must see films into the selection.
2: I think just out of principle because I, I mean, I'm seeing all the keep Iranian doing it SFF. But I think out of principle, I'm seeing all the Iranian films at the festival on screen, so I'm just doing that. So I'm seeing Three Faces, I'm seeing Pig, I'm seeing No Date, No Signature, so I think it's only fair that I was not going to discount Panahi in there.
0: Well, I will be seeing Pig and Three Faces, I think, the following week, but for yep. the moment we are talking about tonight. Um, as I said, I will be seeing the first half of Origin, because that is important, but later I will be seeing Ghost Stories, the new Martin Freeman film. There is each year an excellent selection of horror at the festival. This seems to be no exception. And this is in a three films and anthology series, and... I do like anthology horror, so I'm quite entertained by this, and I'm looking forward to catching it.
1: There's actually a lot of interesting stuff on the first night. Um, something that's just already screened uh, and sadly won't be screening again that i just like to talk about because I was so surprised and impressed by it is My 20th Century. It's a the debut feature from Iniyadi uh, In- Oh, God, I'm uh, missing Nkedi. Nkedi, yes, yes, who directed last year's Sydney Film Fest prize winner On Body and Soul, which is now showing at Dendi Newtown. Um, it, she, it was made in the eighties and I'd never heard of this film and I was completely surprised by it. It's this, it feels like a lost French new wave film in some ways. Uh, it, it feels very postmodernist with a lot of tangents. It's a very storybook style, magical realist fable, um, that defies easy characterization, but, and characterization but has a very warm Kind of, it's covering some dark material but has a sense of youthful innocence. It's a film that f- features scenes like a monkey explaining to the two principal characters at the zoo the story of how it came to be captured, or stars in the night sky telepathically communicating with a dog to show it the world and help it escape. It's full of all sorts of craziness. Um, I really recommend people seek this film out after the festival because it's it's something I'd never heard of that the festival was able to bring to my attention. Well, it's one great.
0: Well, one other thing that is screening. I'm actually not seeing it tonight. I'm seeing it on Friday. Is disobedience the new film with our two favorite Rachels, Rachel Vice and Rachel McAdams, and it is a orthodox L- Jewish Orthodox LGBT drama taking place in a. Uh, suburb in North London with, within the Haredi community, and I'm quite curious about yeah, this one. It's
2: uh, directed by Sebastian Lelio who won the Oscar for Fantastic Woman, uh, though not my favourite film, but it's it's uh, alright, but I'm looking forward to him redeeming himself with disobedience mm-hmm. with our two favourite Rachel's and I think, I'm a huge fan of Rachel McAdams so, um, We all are. I, I, I love Rachel McAdams too, I yeah. think it's about time she got her to in yes, dramatic roles. Yes,
1: so I'm happy that she's gotten this role, but um, yeah, I've I've heard better things about it than a Fantastic Woman, which I pretty much hated, but um, this is coming out in general release on next Thursday. Oh, oh, the during 14th, the festival. During oh, the festival, I'm pretty sure. Okay. As but is it, another film they're showing here, Hardware. So, yeah. Sorry, uh, Upgrade. Or upgrade. 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 Um, I'll, I'll upgrade Your Hardware. Which yeah. <laughs> is screening tomorrow
0: night, the new Lee Winnell film starring Logan Green. Now, I caught the invitation a couple of years ago with him. It was quite a good one, and this seems interesting. He plays a person who was um, paralyzed in a home invasion. His wife was killed, and due to some revolutionary program, he is able to... Not just walking in, but be incredibly strong and seek vengeance against those who have done him wrong. Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I, I would just yeah advise people that a lot of movies that are playing at the festival, um, see them at the festival if you'd like to. You'll probably get a, a better atmosphere and a better, bigger crowd. But do be aware if when you're programming your schedule that you know Foxtrot comes out on the twenty first of June, Disobedience and Upgrade come out on the fourteenth. So you know if you'd rather see something that. Uh, is you know not going to be catching in the cinema screens anytime soon, just keep that in mind
0: yeah this is um, this is the second festival where I will miss foxtrot I think i was I was in Israel when the I think one of the first screenings actually happened, and I was around the corner, but I couldn't actually go so I, but I, must, I will see it in cinemas um, but I, what I will be seeing tomorrow night is the every year. There was a quality South African film at the festival. Two years ago, it was Nectar Youth. The year, before, the year before, it was cuckold. This year, it is number 37. It is a reworking of Rear Window. We've seen a lot of reworkings of Rear Window, but this is one set in a Cape Town township, and I'm quite curious about it. Um, and they've usually picked great ones from the country, so hopefully this is just another...
2: Is that in the 6 p.m. time slot? Uh, yes, it, it is. Yeah, 6 p.m., yes.
1: Going up against Terra Nullius.
0: Oh, no. Uh, oh, a, yeah.
2: uh, a
1: video art that you can see for free in Melbourne. So if you're going up that way, just go to Acme
2: because it's playing on a loop. But what I'm seeing is not Terra Nullius. I'm seeing The Venerable W, which is a fantastic documentary about the, oh, God, the Rohingya crisis, actually. And it's not, it's a very harrowing watch but I am going to brave it because it's really good exploration of evil and, you know, getting heavy quite early on in the fest. There's a lot of
1: heavy films. We seem to pick out the... It's a Sydney film festival, you know. You've got to... <laughs> it's, it's all about just punishing your brain. And uh, on that subject, Season of the Devil on Friday Great night. Great segue. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Season of the Devil on Friday night. Love, Diaz is back with another black and white four hours, but this time it's an a cappella rock opera. Um,
2: as you do, a harmony. As,
1: as the description in the festival guide says, oh it's a, it's based on real events and characters and set in the darkest period of the Marcos dictatorship. So if you're looking for four and a, four hours of suffering
2: in song, um, you know Love Diaz is ready to give it to you. I'm sorry, look, I love Love DS and I love the woman who left. I was the only person who did not leave that cinema, even though every woman left, Uh, so who knows? The man who stayed. Hey, hey,
3: hey. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hey, I'll have you, okay, we weren't in your session, but I'll have you know that I stayed.
3: Oh,
0: there uh, we go. The men who as did, as did, as did, as
1: did, as did, did the lovely Chanel, who's here with us in the studio tonight. <laughs> so that is the She's the one. woman who stayed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so no, so no one. So it doesn't seem like anyone's seeing Ternelli's. So no one's seeing. Um, Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. This too uh, well, on, on, on Friday calls. night.
2: I'm seeing that on Friday night. I am too.
1: Yeah, oh, good. Yeah, Friday night eight thirty. I'm considering catching. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Um, on a, I think it's playing again. Uh, it's l- like, next Tuesday. I next think? Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's
2: with the shoplifter, so I'm not going to toggle with that because that's a late edition, so I'm going. Oh to yeah, yeah. No, lifters. I'm catching Shoplifters too. I
1: think there's a there's another time that is playing, but uh, um, we will we will <laughs> find
0: it. We promise it is here. It's a uh, yeah. But, why, but moving on to the yeah, long it's weekend, it's coming
1: out. Yeah, just to be clear. Oh yes, on, so it is on the long weekend, right? It's on Monday at uh, eight. Uh, sorry, six p.m. I might, nice. I'll catch that if I can slot it in,
2: but That's um, right. I'm seeing Tyrell at the time. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm nice. seeing
0: Tyrell too. This is the new film from Sebastian Silva, who made um, the wonderful film The Cactus. The yeah, magic,
1: cap- magic cactus, magic, magic. Uh, Crystal Fairy and the magic, magical cactus. Yes, and also magic, magic and Nasty <laughs> Baby. He's <laughs> a he's a he's actually a really interesting voice. I think magical person. He's, he's a magical cactus person. And this
0: is a new Michael Cera film with a number of men and Michael one, Sarah. He's yeah, alive. he was in Magic Magic as well. Yeah, yeah. Same direction. And Captain Christopher in the Magical Cactus. Right. Yeah, this is getting very confusing. And <laughs> it is about um, a group of friends, one among them an African-American,
1: who
2: joins them and apparently... He realizes a,
1: he's the only black guy at the frat party. And it gets... Uh, in uh, a it, how it was
2: to me was that this was this year's Get Out. And if it's anything like that, I'm on board. Ooh, but with more family. alcohol. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Either that. or, on the viewing end or receiving end, it's, it's fine.
0: So that's Monday night, but we want to cover Saturday, which is where we're up to next. Um, I will be seeing, uh, starting in the afternoon, with the one of the Irish films that's playing at the festival, and Mother Brings Her Son to be Shot. This is uh, actually no, I'm friends from the Irish Film Festival going to. This is about a self-policing community in Derry. It's a documentary. I always enjoyed the documentary. So this should be interesting. But I think other people are catching other things.
1: Yeah, well, look, at the same time as A Mother Brings Her Son to be shot, there's a film that me and Varad have already seen at Melbourne International Film Festival last year, 24 Frames. It is sold out, as and it is also sold out in its following session next Thursday. But just a hot tip from us seasoned veterans of the festival, <laughs> uh, if you keep your eye out on sold-out sessions, people often swap yeah. out of them. So
2: 24 framed by Abbas Kiarostami it's a so, posthumously
1: you know, released final film.
2: And um, actually if you watch if you're going to watch Panahi's Three Faces, Three Faces is pretty much a Kiarostami so it's kind of yeah, a good double. A, yeah, it, it would accessible. be a very good
1: double. Um 24 Frames is is a beautiful film. Um it's animated still photos that Kiarostami took throughout his year his career and he's now going gone back to those photos and decided to try and imagine what happened before and after the moment he took those shots and so it's basically overlaid animation to try and bring to life images mostly studies in nature it's a movie for the patient a lot of it is about watching animals and wondering what they're thinking and looking at strange little rituals going on it's very meditative but i found it um very beautiful and uh quite an optimistic sort of film about life and the human condition
0: and uh, while following that, I will be seeing The Breadwinner, the, which is screening at the new venue, Hoyts, in Fox Studios. Just speaking up on a point Chris said a moment ago, um, it's true, a lot of the films I thought I'd miss out on in previous years. I literally went on the app, saw that little dot that changed from red to orange, grabbed the last ticket, people swap out hmm. all the time for sessions. So you think I just missing... did that for
1: two films in the last 24 hours. Yeah, so. do it.
2: I'm, I'm My first Saturday is very interesting because I'm seeing four films and they're all pretty long. So yeah. I'm starting with 10 a.m., an elephant sitting still, which is a four-hour unfinished work. Oh
1: dear! <laughs> yeah, completed completed by the collaborators of the director, I believe. Um, yeah, because, because the director he committed suicide. Tragically committed suicide. Yeah, um, it's, I've heard a lot of interesting things. I think it's a Chinese sort of social realist film, following a lot of people in poverty and crime. I believe. Um, it's it sounds pretty. I don't pretty know about the elephant, but I would be sitting still for those four <laughs> sitting, hours. Sitting, yeah, you'll you'll feel. <laughs> like an elephant from the weight of this four hour burden and, and right after know, I'm running
2: off to the art gallery to ca- catch Ariel the Arky- ah, so am I and the ah. art gallery that well so I, I freed up that session thanks to the wonderful wonderful recommendation of Mr. Ian Barr who's always given me great did recommendations did
1: he say to go to see Ariel? Or he said to see an elephant
2: going so, sitting. So. No, he for Ariel. So uh, oh, great. And, well, uh,
1: yeah, I'll be I'll be catching Ariel as well. I heard good things. But on the subject of uh, clashes, And
0: then we're going to Manu man
2: killed Don we together. We are. We are. we going to that afternoon. And
0: then following that, I will be at piercing the new so US film. I, oh, very look good. It's another yeah. The band,
2: band the, of merry us running from us running from the round
0: grits <laughs> to the state theater. This is going to be marvelous. <laughs> this is a no. Yeah, event cinemas.
1: On the subject of clashes, though. Between, uh, for some reason, all the long films seem to have been paired together in the program. So from 10 a.m. on Saturday, you could choose between the, what we just covered, An Elephant Sitting Still, or the breakout hit of the fest, <laughs> An Ex Libris, <laughs> the New York Public Library, all three hours I and 20 that. minutes of it.
0: Honestly, I, I don't I know do how that. this is done so
1: well. It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, there's a, just so you know, a new session of that film has been added since both sessions sold out. I, we believe it's Saturday it's night? Saturday, and, no, it's Saturday afternoon around... Uh, Four o'clock,
0: something. But we're seeing Black Klansman then, so yeah, we're Black Klansman, not possible, not happening. But but it's it's amazing. Just a bulldog like match.
2: How is a Frederick Wiseman film the first film to sell It's people never happened. People like libraries. I know, but... Film festival, un- film people, festival people, crowds do they, love libraries. It's a it. beautiful library. Do they understand it's a Frederick Wiseman film? Do they understand what that means? Do they means? understand how long
1: it is? I think people just were like, I, I like libraries. But, 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 there, but but libraries these, still exist?
0: Beatrice, but there is a thing. let's go and
2: see. <laughs> I went to a library. <laughs> a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> but are these the same people who came to Song to Song thinking it's a Ryan Gosling film and not realizing it's a Terrence Malick film? Oh my that God, I counted 50... I got a 51 walkout
0: count I would go to Ex Libris just to count the walkouts. I don't think there will be. I think it's <laughs> a, people going to know what they're in for.
2: Just hold out for a ticket. Somebody will walk out in five minutes, and you're going to have their ticket and go in.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm sure we I'm sure will be very trouble. I have been to the library. There's a fascinating building with some fascinating history and some actually some tragic history, so I would be very curious. As to see people. how they cover that. Four, four hours, that, yes. by the way. So people, four, 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 four hours. Uh,
1: three hours, 20 minutes for Ex okay. Libris. Right. Uh, four hours for a uh, an elephant sitting still. And if you're interested in long movies, you can also catch Mechtube, My Love, Canto Uno, the new film from the three-hour ma- uh, loving director of um, <laughs> okay. Blue is the Warmest Color. From what I've heard, it's pretty much just a Mediterranean sex rump.
0: Yeah, I've seen the trailer. It looks like a Mediterranean sex rump. Um, I it's don't only think part I'll... one,
2: by the way. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, Kanto, Part One. How do these people not finish
0: yeah. these like three, four-hour movies and just have them just extended ongoing? There was like a five-hour one last year, which had to be seen in one sitting. How? Do, how? And it won the prize.
1: Was this the Arabian Nights? Yes, they oh. split that actually over three three sessions. It wasn't one sitting. No, I, I caught that, and okay, you know what? That really did not deserve the prize. Yeah. My, my my
2: favorite my favorite five-hour film from. from uh, Last uh, year, the year before was Happy Hour, was, the, the Hagemuchi, well, right, which right, right. was my favorite five-hour film, and it's great. I just got the Blu-ray. Actually oh, nice, nice. So, nice. Yeah,
0: so, nice, nice, So moving from Amazon, on Japan to Sunday, I'm seeing kicking off the day with Three Identical Strangers, the f- documentary about three young men who were separated
1: at birth and reunited who are completely identical. Look, I'm, it I, it might be good. Is all that I'm saying. All that I'm saying is that it, it, I might, might actually have seen it and think it's good. Uh, Interesting. Yeah,
2: it, it, it's it's. Uh, but we'll look.
1: discuss that when we're allowed to on Sunday, right? Yeah.
2: On
0: on we will be discussing this in some detail on Sunday, and i session from twelve to one p.m. I just don't in want you to get
2: your heart broken, Glenn, because uh, I think it might be.
0: I I can't. I, I, there's going to be a lot of heartbreak throughout this festival. Yeah. Except that's why I'm seeing hearts beat loud at the end because my heart will beat loud. How uh, My uh, Heart will go on, even <laughs> after being broken, will
1: still beat loud. Oh, Shattered be see, heart. Seeing her in August.
0: Um, but next, I will be seeing the Miseducation of Cameron Post, the film about a young teen who is sent to a gay conversion camp.
2: Yeah, no,
0: uh, no, yeah, yeah. no. This is one of the ones that sold out, or is selling out pretty quickly. I know, but it just looks
2: all right, which is it's, kind of. It's out that. in
1: August, right? Like I usually try to avoid, unless I've got time to see it. I avoid the movies that are coming out soon because I like to. Uh, is it be, still Sunday? <laughs> this is still Sunday. We're talking about Sunday. We're up to Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm
2: catching the uh, Sakamoto Koda, uh, the portrait Sakamoto, of the Oc- yeah, yeah Oscar winner. Composer. He's, a, he's a
1: he's a great. He's a honestly much more significant composer than a lot of people are. I I, I do agree. Super and, uh, super influential. Um, and
2: then Touch Me Not, which is the Golden Bear, Golden Bear winner, Bear
1: winner. Uh, and very divisive apparently. And uh, a film I feel like is probably going to be easy to get into.
2: What? Why? Ooh. I feel
1: like people aren't buying tickets
2: to this one. Yeah, why? Uh, yeah, sure. because weird to me because a, like, a lot of Berlin LA winners actually winner, even, even Mug, which I'm saying is also not selling out. Maybe people just not in the Berlin oh, crowd. Oh yes,
0: we're seeing Mug on. I might be seeing Mug on
2: Friday. Right. I think. Uh, on.
1: It's so hard to predict what people are going to go for at this. And Mug is tonight. really,
2: really interesting from what I've heard. It's really funny and if you like absurdist, cinema. transit well, transit two films. yes we'll be seeing transit that is from the same christian director christian Petzold. As he did phoenix and phoenix. barbara which
0: oh, yes. are both both really fantastic phoenix
2: films just vertigo but set in I'm the second world for war was good to see transit to have uh, so that's, that's why there's myth, you know. So if you miss out on something, you can come to Melbourne.
0: Not for everything. Not everyone
1: has, you know, the ability to take out three weeks of their life to cover <laughs> kind of all of myth like Virat does. What wow. are you doing with your life? I, sh- I
0: mean, honestly. I show, You know, yeah. Victoria, they play AFL there. I don't understand it. And Origin tonight... Um, but
1: uh, <laughs> but but <that>? also <laughs>
0: weird thing. When it, it it's true, but it's it's the first game you and mean the origin
1: of the of Sydney Film Festival because it's the first night. <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly that's, what, that's I what I.
0: That's meant. That's what you were talking, that's talking about. What I meant yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. The stage of Sydney Film yeah, Festival, we, we like sport too. And we and we're on Sunday night too. We'll be seeing Searching, the new film with John Cho, and it is all taking place in front of a computer
1: screen. We're seeing more of these films social media focused. Uh. Oh, Chris I feel classic. like it's a gimmick. It's been done already. There, there was Look, I wish I could name it, but there was a great short film I watched which was all set on a computer screen. That Wasn't that the one
2: of. with uh, Sasha Gray well, there? All the teens were getting killed. It was well,
1: there was that, but there was a, a short film before that which was just sort of about and damaging a relationship and it, it was short and sweet in like 15 minutes all taking uh, place on a, on a computer screen. It was fantastic and that, but that was like six or well, seven years ago. Was it Tangerine shorter
2: on you know? an iPhone? It was
0: shot on an iPhone but it was shot around an LA suburb. which Yeah, that, right? it's, it was it's a not, good good not the film. same thing. So, yeah, so you know, I, I think that was a gimmick. I'm still I mean, searching was a for
2: a good film around computer screens.
0: I'm uh, I, well, hopefully, it will be this one on Sunday night. Uh, we would love to talk in such a detail about a city so film festival clashes like we will in future episodes. We have yeah. other days. This takes us we'll, to our next episode.
1: Yes, we'll we'll keep talking about this on Sunday and we'll start giving you our word on the many, you know, films we've seen just way too many movies already. Way too many, way too movies. many just, just movies just, too kind of time.
0: just so many, and it's already the first day of the festival. But first, uh, while we, before we get into the next. Films. We will be talking about Solo, the film, the new Star Wars story in cinemas now, starring Eldon Erkenreich as the Harrison Ford roles Han Solo, Emilia Clark, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson seems to be in everything. And number and L three <laughs> a robot. Now this is the second Star Wars story. Is the tenth is this Star Wars the, film? The
1: debut film appearance of L three. And when can I see L three in films again? We'll be talking about that in it's spoilers. Phoebe Kates Waller or something, right? Who is that? The name of the I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. British comedian. So yes, yeah, Donald Glover, probably the best part of the movie. And Donald I, I would actually agree with that. Uh, Donald Glover
0: as Lando Calrissian. This takes us back to the early days of Han Solo and his life scrounging uh, with his best friend played by uh, his partner played by Emilia Clarke. And it is the origin story in every respect. It is about the castle run, it is about the blaster, it is about the Millennium Falcon, it is about meeting Chewie. So and it's it about fills in all the
1: blanks, most of which do not need filling. So it's con- about condensing all the things we've been told about Han Solo into. Here's one movie where all of those things happen. You know, like the little bits of backstory. Like, he completed the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Let's get to see that in a movie. And, yeah. and he won the Millennium Falcon in a card game. Yeah, is that the, in the movie? All the, yes, all of course the, it's in the movie. The, I haven't seen this movie. Um, I'm biased against it. I'll hand it, this over to Glenn and Verad. All the throwaway lines essentially become extended
0: sequences in this movie. It is How boring great, is that? Well, hold it. it. It is to a great degree. It's, okay, here's how I look at this film. This film is 66% fan service and frustrating fan service at that 33% intergalactic fun, and 1% unexpected brilliance. And that is the uh, spoiler which we'll be discussing I want to see this on the poster.
1: 33% intergalactic fun, <laughs> dot, 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 1% brilliance. Glenn Falkenstein, <laughs> film by Clark. No,
2: oh, okay. please, <laughs> please do. Please put me on the Star Wars poster. The, the only uh, thing I would agree with is that this film is only 1% brilliance, because it's 99% absolute boredom.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, you were not a fan. I was surprised. I mean, the bits that weren't entirely <laughs> derivative of the other films or that we had not seen before, the two high sequences were very good. The one involving the crazy robots a la Wall-E all going AWOL was a great deal of fun. Um, Reich, I feel he didn't impersonate Harrison Ford. He gave it a bit of his own. Uh, Donald Glover, interestingly, I think, did impersonate Billy Dee Williams, but he was so charming and effervescent. I enjoyed his performance all the more. Um
2: yeah. Well, Reich. Let's let's begin with him and whatever he's trying to do because Ehrenreich, Reich, right? What? Aaron, Reich? <laughs> Aaron I, Reich. I think Chris might be right. <laughs> you know, Aaron Reich. Aaron, Reich. Aaron right. Chris is Aaron right. right. There we go. Reich. That rhymes. You know. You know. The E-guy. Okay, let, let, let's go with what he's trying to do. Okay, you know, he's, tra- he's put in an impossible position. He's supposed to impersonate Harrison Ford because, you know, Harrison Ford is hand Solo, so he can't just do his own thing. And yet, he's supposed to not impersonate Harrison Ford at the same time. I mean, have I seen someone put in that in- uncomfortable position ever before? Yes, and it's terrible, terrible to watch. So we will be talking in a great deal more about Han
0: Solo on our podcast. So please look it up on iTunes and podcasts everywhere. And we'll also be talking a bit about spoilers. That one particular spoiler in the podcast. We'll be back. Our next Wednesday night but also on Sunday at 12pm to talk in some great more detail about the Sydney Film Festival Clashes all the films we have seen and all the films you should see
1: with Film in Revolt joining us yes Film and Revolt will
0: be joining us another oh, podcast one, look them up on Instagram they are fantastic and online they are a great team of viewers focused you, of youth viewers focused on film there's Glenn Towns and Chris Evans front in the look at the podcast we'll be back on Sunday have a good night enjoy movies good night
1: Sydney Let's Film see. Festival ah!
0: I love that music say what you want about the Phantom Menace but it has the best score and the best fight sequence of the entire saga. I can rewatch that sequence. I remember watching the in 1999. I could rewatch it endlessly. I reckon endlessly.
1: I reckon that the fight at the end of Empire Strikes Back still has more weight to it. That's really nicely know. staged. It might not be as as amazingly choreographed as what you have in
3: no, I'll, I'll give one. this one
1: to Glenn because I feel like we have a lot to disagree about in the coming <laughs> few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're going to give a uh, a sympathy sympathy no. referee no! I, I would uh,
2: say he's uh, he's earned it. You know, he's like this is a yellow card. Oh, a yellow card. Oh, yellow uh, like the can solo. <laughs> yeah, <Wow. laughs>
0: uh, or yellow card like the World Cup. That's what we haven't talked about. there's a lot of clashes in <laughs> the World Cup next week too. Um, the Black Klansman comes. We'll finish Black Klansman at the beginning of the Australia French game. So that is yeah.
1: Wow, what a. What and then I'll be watching right? Wild Petrie, like
0: normal person. But it's also the no industry. no
1: <laughs> normal bang on normal people watch three hour <laughs> Nuri Bilge Chelan films. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, if you're not watching a Nuri Bill
0: Chelan film. I don't know who you are. Oh, Normal people will be watching the Australia Island match. which the second of the three, followed by the South Africa-England match later that morning.
1: But- we we uh, got lost in the virtual reality at the hub, and now we live in a virtual reality <laughs> where people are obsessed no, with actually, long literary art films.
2: I, I, I love that Saturday. That's one of my favorite Saturdays uh, that's coming because I'm seeing five films all back-to-back at the state theater. Yeah, I'm but, seeing oh, starting no. with a stupid amount of movies. Leave No Trace, then I'm watching The Heiresses, then I'm watching Manto. Then I'm watching Black Landsman, Look, And then finally, Well Played Then I've done four at the State Theatre.
1: I couldn't do five. I've done yeah. I think four is the maximum I'm doing on any day at this fest. But we don't we don't want to overdo it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, um, as we will stretch to the limit, as I'm sure we'll talk about in future episodes during this festival, one of the biggest problems is that a movie that might normally be like the highlight of your day you just forget about instantly because the quality has to be really good to stick in your mind when you're just watching film after film after film. In many ways, it's not the ideal way to watch these films, but like we love the festive atmosphere and we love the opportunity to see these films in the cinema. So what can you do?
2: Film after film after
0: bring film. Bring on, on the madness. Bring on the madness. We'll be we bringing on the madness for the coming weeks. But for, as promised, we are talking about Solo. So we will be talking spoilers in a few minutes. We will warn you. Spoiler. Does he get, warn
1: you. Does he get frozen in carbonite at the end? No. Or
2: did he get caught up in a lead fridge? I feel like, I feel like. (laughs) That would be a ma- that would be good. That's, like, imagine if it ended with like I'm, he runs
1: into I'm, a lead fridge and then the, it accidentally turns out to be a carbonite that's, freezer. Verat, I'm going to give it to you. That is the best call I've ever heard.
0: Be, from and you. it gets I'm shut shot out Club. into space.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh, that's oh, th- oh, sorry. The levels of which that works. That's just marvelous. Oh my god! I could not even argue anymore. I'm I'm done. I'm out. I,
1: no. I feel like every they should make a franchise of solo movies that always ends with him getting frozen in carbonite, and then, then the next one, <laughs> it's like, will he will he get thawed? But then it's probably. Gonna, but it's going to be the last Jedi lose your money.
0: It's gonna be like Last Jedi, where you know Finn just wakes up and it's like, what's gonna happen to him? He just woke up. We can't figure out what to do. We're just gonna wake him up. It's gonna be like that. It's gonna be no, you know. I, I'll, granted, there was no real planet at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, but there's gonna be no one to come in and rescue him, and it's just gonna be silly
1: uh, to, to come in and rescue uh, Alden Ehrenreich,
0: Alden Ehrenreich,
1: Alden David Ehrlich. <laughs> oh, Erlich.
0: the second reference to David Ehrlich on this program. He's been when, doing... when
1: was the first one? There, there, there was, <laughs> I think, there was
0: some review from. Uh, maybe Khan last year or something okay so
1: for anyone who doesn't know he's a Twitter celebrity slash okay, sometimes film critic mostly Twitter celebrity he's
0: the senior critic in IndieWire yes but so, he's
1: mostly a Twitter celebrity I think that's fair so we are
0: talking Is a in,
2: thing Twitter celebrities are they real in in film Twitter yes
0: Oh oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh
2: Okay. Yeah, oh, t- totally. Yeah. Film. I, I might be one after like Sydney Film Festival gets over because I get to introduce a film this year.
0: Yes. Oh, we didn't get to talk about that. Right. Oh, yeah.
2: We're yeah. Ru We have to introduce talk about
0: this <laughs> yeah.
1: on the Sunday episode, right? Yes. So the, the people who don't listen to this podcast will know.
0: Yes, we will. But very right. briefly. Right. Then we'll get into solo.
2: Oh yeah. Sure.
1: Verot will be introducing the <laughs> okay, well, Chris will introduce Verot introducing the shampoo. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was there was a Virat just said yes, yeah, sure, and then I, did I didn't realise I was supposed to do my own spiel. It's so weird. <laughs> That's right. why we,
0: we we see he'll be doing introducing Alden and and doing two Q and A's. Well done, Verot. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, we'll be at the second one on the Sunday, so no fighting over the session because I know where I am. I
2: haven't even paid you for this. This is amazing. I love you. I, I lo- Stop telling you you love it. This is film Fight Club. No, no fight club. say it again. What? The, the the thing you said to
1: Glenn? Oh, uh, I haven't even paid N- you yet. No, in th- the next bit? I love you. I know. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> Which segues us to...
0: Segues us to Solo.
1: So, this film is
0: not doing so well at the box office, and I am a little surprised. Serious, serious face, serious face. I'm a little surprised because there is a lot this film has going for it. There is a lot that is entire derivative. There are a lot of times that they just wink at the camera, and you know it's the Kessel Run. You know that it's the... A reference to Han shot first does or something he, else. Does he meet Chewbacca in this movie? He meets Chewbacca. I didn't actually mind that scene. That was is one of the better wookie? sequences. Uh, Chewbacca is a Wookiee. Alan is a Wookiee. We know how old Chewbacca is now too, which is interesting. And Chewbacca, Chewbacca, Chewie's still the heart and soul of Star Wars. And I've got to say, the one non-derivative reference, the, the, the scene in A New Hope where Han goes, don't get cocky, kid. There is a sly reference to it in this. It is the one reference that is not overblown and overdone and shoved in your face, which I appreciated. But all the others... There's there's no line in this film, with the exception of one line from Donald Glover, which has the organic chemistry of the original Star Wars. It feels like you could launch something off it. It's a scene where Lando's saying, go left, leftish. And that was hilarious and natural. And everything else is sort of a, not
2: almost all else, is sort of a hark back to the original. And that really frustrated me. It, it, it's very mechanical. And maybe a lot of people like it because it's, like you said, 66% fan service, which is a very specific number, even though I feel it's, you know, 150% fan service and not really actually a film. You know, there's parts of it we just feel very hard if trying to be an organic film. It's very difficult to actually put it together. So if it's not a film, what is it? Oh, God. It's it's all a dream. It's A commercial? Or uh, a... Uh, no, because that would be a Terrence Malick thing and it would be to beyond Ooh. a lot of people's expectations, but
0: what it is, and that's the annoying thing: it's a prequel. It's a fair to complete. We learn nothing new about Han Solo. We simply get to the point where we can essentially move into the story, the main story that is a new
2: hope. Most importantly, what is Amelia Clark doing in this movie? Okay, Amelia Clark
0: is, my or like bi- in any movie. All right, she is my biggest and pretty much only bugbear about Game of Thrones. Tamsin Merchant, who was supposed to originally cast as Daenerys Targaryen, where it would have been. Ideal in the role, Emilia Clarke is not a great actor. She has some range. She is interesting in some films. In she does not have the gravitas to carry off Daenerys, and she does not have the gravitas to carry off what is the 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 character in this film, which probably has the most defined and
1: largest arc. She was pretty embarrassingly boring in the Last Terminator movie, and I mean, yeah, it was a bad movie.
2: But I mean, she she was was even boring in Me Before You, which also had like the best kind of sappiness to go for her. Like, you know, you have a person who's going to die for you. And he still made it incredibly boring. How amazing is that?
0: But you know who was good in this film? And he's in the two of the biggest films, two biggest films this month? Paul Benamy as the villain. He was interesting. He was engaging. He was but intriguing. Is he the villain? Is he? I don't know. Ugh. Well, this is what we get to. Are we ready to talk about the spoiler? Are we Are we ready to get into I that? Want,
1: I want to hear more of why Varad hated this movie. Actually, Fair, so yeah, yeah, Varad. You, before yeah.
2: you get to Fair. spoilers.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I hated it because
2: Han Solo dies at the end.
3: No. no. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, okay. There there are a few reasons. Firstly, around, like, what is the point of this movie? Like, honestly, what is the point? It doesn't tell you anything new, as Chris alluded to already. But also, it's purely, purely a product. It's a cash cow product, in the worst way possible. It's not even pretending to be anything else. I mean, at least try to fool me. You know, at least make that much effort. You know, and it's not even trying that.
1: Marvel, Marvel are getting pretty good at trying to fool us know, know, that we're not just watching exactly. I'm brand so angry extensions, at Marvel, right? Like but at least doing, yeah,
2: yeah. At least they okay. try, you know, try to put wool on, over my eyes. And, you know, yeah. I'm doing some kind of thing, <laughs> some kind of mumbo story jumbo, movie with Timey i mean, like Wobby,
0: Wobby, Wobby. Oh, Doctor Who Star Wars crossover? No, we're not going there <laughs> for us.
2: No, no, but, also, but also, like you know, as, as as a Star Wars nerd, it's it's solely solely derivative in the sense of not everything is mechanical. All the characters are just sort of, like, mumble-coring their lines, is phoning it in, or as Lando would say, they're just charming it in. And, you know, Alden whatever... Alden
0: per- Let's call him Alden Urchenreich. It's probably the correct pronunciation. Yes, that's correct.
2: Uh, he's put in an impossible position of trying to embody much of Han Solo, who's inevitably linked with Harrison Ford, Yeah, look, and yet be his own person. It's an impossible situation a- to be an- in.
1: Anecdotal evidence um, a few, uh, about why is this movie bumming um, I heard people talking at a party a few days ago, and they were saying, you know, like, why did they try and make a, a Han Solo movie without Harrison Ford? Yeah, make Knights of the Old Republic make anything <laughs> else Star Wars. I'm Just, surprised there yeah, was, yeah. Like, the, the, to the general public, as Virat was alluding to, um, Han Solo is not a character people love because he's Han Solo, but because he embodies the swagger of nineteen seventy seven to nineteen eighty three, Harrison Ford. That the charisma of him in the in the it's very era, specific timeline. Yeah well no, it's, the it's, era, fair, it's fair it's, it's fair. the era when he was playing Indiana Jones as well. People just And no. he had a great butt at that time, like honestly. Like <laughs> Be- beautiful Derrier. People sure. Yeah, pe- okay people like the beautiful Derrier and rugged, rough and Tumble and Deckard and all the stuff he was coming yeah exactly people like, love those kinds of characters he, he was, was the biggest movie star he was the biggest That's movie star right. in the world then and he had so much charisma it's before he became permanently grumpy and only recently recovered he hasn't made a good film in I didn't
0: mind The Force Awakens yeah. he hasn't made a good film in quite a long time I'd say shots fired against Blade Runner Oh, oh, excuse me. Okay, Blade Runner. Okay, fair. Blade Runner. But I'm actually glad he didn't uh, have a cameo in this. He didn't revisit his old role. I don't think that's a spoiler. And I appreciate that because same way in Ed Sheeran later season of Game of Thrones, it would have taken you out, even more so, out of what is already Harrison a very Ford ironic was in the film. movie. Yeah. yeah. That would have been it would have really... What, that,
1: yeah, it would, it would that it would even would have work? work? It, Continue, a cameo or continuing something.
2: Continuing on with my annoying... With this entire He concept. says, "Good luck,
1: kid. You're going to need it." To Elden Aaron Reich <laughs> and the audience is just confused.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, honestly, I'm sure, okay. And know, then he gets
1: frozen in carbonite. It's,
0: it's <laughs> 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 nothing that everything has everything frozen in carbonite, Chris.
2: Yes. Like, but that's what Star Wars is all about. What What's this entire middle of this thing with so more in carbonite coming in and this supposed political commentary of you know these rebel groups and stuff like that? And nothing was explored. It's the worst kind of haphazard, shoddy political commentary being shoved into an already extraneous narrative as to why what is going on and why is it happening in front of my face. Okay. Um of what Rutt's,
0: I think what Vrot's getting at is that Han Solo was interesting in the first film for the same reason that Finn was interesting in the first in the Force Awakens, in that they were not Empire, they were not rebels, they were somewhere in between. This tries Dragged to Dragged into the conflict. Th- yeah, this tries to deal with that sort of commentary with a number of other characters but there is a very lax reveal which once revealed does not make a great deal of sense and undermines the tension in now what one but two high sequences which up to that point were the best in the film and that really frustrated me i think it is very nominally political i think if they'd stuck to the action venture which was more an emblematic of Emperor Strikes Back and even Return of the Jedi, it would be a much better film. And the best scene in this film, far and above, is the one where it's pure craziness and um, L3, I think, L337, this wonderful character who I so want to see so much more of and the secondary high sequence, which blew me away. I just wish more of the film had
2: been like that. Actually, the high sequence was the one that annoyed the hell out of me. Okay. Because I'm not going to say the other four-letter word, uh, because I'm going to say hell out of me. Uh, is Murat
1: has been <laughs> frequently admonished by Glenn for his uh, uh, extensive uh, vocabulary. vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, yeah Fifteen yeah. things you can't
0: say on radio. You yeah.
2: <laughs> know, yeah. yeah. uh, is, is that it's so so badly shot as an action sequence? It's so boring. Like it, it's people doing the worst kind of grade one philosophy 101 wire work you know it's like oh my god I just realized I'm a stuntman oh let me do this great trick oh you know please it's 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 driven by this kind of oh you look I can turn and this thing is coming in my face and I have to evade this and it's all giving this sense of adventure without any actual adventure she said (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, All right, on this this action sequence, um, what what I did like about it was that it was frenetic and chaotic and not overly so? I think a, a, a similar type sequence, whether it be in an actual war, as it was early depicted in the film, or in others, you know, often you have individuals running through a place, and they're, if they're the hero in the film, they're totally going to be okay, which makes absolutely no sense. This didn't do that. This shied away from that, and I appreciated that. And in addition to that, I talked about how Chewie is the heart and soul of this film and Star Wars. Chewie is the mascot. Chewie's the mascot, but there's a sequence in this uh, which I think develops a little more on Chewie's character. It is the only element of Arnold Chui's character that I felt grew out of this. It was a key moment in the action sequence. I, it was actually a heartwarming and actually not unpowerful moment. So I did appreciate that sequence for that.
2: Sandy Newton was in this movie? Or, or who was the partner of Woody Harrelson? Okay.
0: Uh, yes, she was.
2: What was she doing in this movie again?
0: Yeah, she's better than this.
2: I mean, uh, what you uh, ha- because I was actually questioning. I was like, "Was she in this movie?" Because I thought she was like for two seconds, and then she died. Yeah, she was. She wasn't. Ooh, spoilers. 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 That's a, on that note.
0: A spoiler. Oh dear. We should maybe get into the. It was early. We should maybe get into the spoiler territory guess, now. Can we edit be- this before, this part? Um, <laughs> or is it just like you've you've listened this far? This is your punishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we won't be spoiling anymore, But what we will, uh, before we get into the actual spoilers, unlike um, I the unlike
1: said. the non actual spoiler. <laughs> Uh, like, so,
0: I do want to address. <laughs> <one> quick, <laughs> right? I do want to comment one quickly on Woody Harrison, who seems to be in everything nowadays. Um, he was unimaginative in this. He's a fine actor, but he was doing his Woody Harrison's thing he does in every film. And in some, I like hate Rampart, him as a and even Three Billboards, fine. In this, it just didn't fit. I think he was as good as he is. I think he was miscast.
2: It's like true detective all over again. Like, oh, God.
0: I need to watch that. I need to finish watching that. It was it was a it was a tough one. Um, but before we, so we are going to be talking about the spoilers in a minute. But before we do, I want to talk about the twist without divulging it from a spoiler-free perspective. People who haven't seen it yet, oh, I just want to twist. say this is the best part of the film. This is something many Star Wars fans, myself, have been waiting a long time for. You may it, I, it may be confusing. You may be. Scratching ahead, but it is something more intrinsic to the Star Wars universe, I feel, than just about, if not anything else that has been included in this film. Carbonite. I really appreciated it, except for Carbonite, of course. Yeah. And um, I would like, very, and it has made me very excited to see where they take the series, mm-hmm. at least the stories now, from here.
2: Actually, now I, I want to understand your perspective, Glenn, and we should get into spoiler mode. Yep. Because. In, in, in a moment. No, because. I really didn't think it was that big a reveal, but you really do feel spoilers. that. So I want to understand your point of view before here I shit sh- all over it. Okay, I think we, I think keep
0: on the spoilers. Du- 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, so we are spo- already here because I spoiled it already. Okay, so we're, we're we were sp- never really here. Are we going <laughs> to see that at the festival? Uh we are. That's Monday night. Are we are we are we. Wouldn't would do, do more I'm clashes a, after this? A few more? I mean, and, I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. Don't worry, just, we won't get
1: too far on Twitter. Don't worry, we won't get far because it's just ramshackle <laughs> all over the place. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> listening, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: which uh, are just, just very much uh, Han Solo, this rogue, you know. Yeah, the exactly. Place. It's a we're Han solo Mavericks, episode, we're Mavericks, yeah. that's what we are. Oh my god, they started production on Top Gun too, Maverick. Yeah, they yeah. did. Um, Don't so, I mean, ruin everything which is already ruined. So we are getting distracted, um, we're getting into spoiler territory <laughs> in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Okay, so, so first
1: of all, Thandie Newton dies. <laughs>
0: In case you haven't heard <laughs>
2: That does It does happen For us Anything else you want to say On that point
3: well, If you can spot
2: Where she is in the movie I don't think you'll miss her Because you won't even notice That she exists And no, you're like I... you know, Oh she died Like who died What like, Yeah, like, I completely forgot She was in
0: this movie But I want to talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. Seriously <laughs> It, was, it wasn't that great
1: So I guess it's not really A spoiler is it yeah, If so anything so It's like it's an improvement No <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, wow But there is
0: one big spoiler and guys ready for it Darth Maul Darth Maul is in this movie oh, wait you already knew this yeah
1: uh, I, I heard the spoilers already okay
0: um, wait
2: who is he
3: <laughs> Darth, exactly okay, Darth Maul <laughs>
0: is the best thing not just about the Phantom Menace but about the prequel trilogy they cannot believe is he they the killed the one who wears that Halloween mask no it's tattoos he okay, um, right. yeah. Darth Maul is from the same planet as the Rancor in Return of the Jedi and, and from the, the same
1: same mind of Boba Fett and other mascot characters who aren't actually that interesting
0: uh, Bubba, actually, I, I'm with you on Boba Fett. I did not care for the fat man.
1: You know that they're trying to. I, well,
0: like,
2: why is this a big reveal? I've still not understood this. Okay, explain so, it to me.
0: All right. educate my
2: minion mind. So in the Star minion Wars mind.
0: expanded universe, and in the cartoons Expanded and the, mind, the mind, books, whatever. yes, I'll expand about the expanded <laughs> universe. In it, and, I'm, and it's my it's minor stuff here for those who haven't read the books or seen the cartoon series. Darth Maul survives the events of the Phantom Menace. Um, gets robot legs... He was cut in
1: half and then fell down (laughs) an an endless shaft. Like, he'd fallen so far down that he becomes a dot that you can't see anymore.
2: I think he... How is he meant to have survived that? But the there power of the, fans there brought there the, him back. There was a the lead fridge. It's the in same, as, the how, it's it's the same as in the expanded
1: Basically if you if you look cool you've got to get out of jail. Yeah, he took the lead fridge and flew out of the exploding spaceship. But yeah, it's carbonite. Yeah, yeah, carbonite. Um there's a if you look cool, you got to get out of jail card in the Star Wars expanded Pretty universe. Possible. Because Boba Fett also clearly was implied to have died, but people thought that Boba Fett looked like a badass. He he actually um, was totally lame, as we've just established. Yeah, but it wasn't that great. For whatever reason, there's there's desire for more Boba Fett stories. So people said, "Oh, actually, he escaped from the Rancor."
0: Well, I don't know. Well, I don't
1: know what happened to Darth Maul.
0: Wait, but it, maybe not the sto-
2: he- this theory that Boba Fett is actually like a Sith lord and something? And I, I haven't heard that, but the thing is, look, Darth Maul is from this wrangle
0: planet, so he's obviously incredibly, incredibly tough. He made it out, started this Crimson Dawn, and begins to hunt down Obi-Wan Kenobi and a bunch of old enemies. Yeah, this is Darth Maul. He is not just the coolest character in The Phantom Menace, but he's the coolest character in the Expanded Universe. I'm so glad he's still alive in non-film form, and now finally he is back and maybe getting the treatment he deserves after his very callous and very unfair short end in Phantom Menace at the hands of Obi-Wan. He wasn't a character.
2: He was the best character. Wait, hang on. Explain this to me. Crimson Dawn is already existing in this movie. Um, uh,
0: Darth Maul apparently sets them up in the expanded universe.
2: No, no, not the expanded. In this solo movie. This solo...
0: Yes, they're an established and so group. A solo movie. They're yeah. a very established group, and that was yeah. the whole thing. Emilia so, Clarke's character yeah. reports to Paul Bettany's character, Paul, character, Paul Benigny, Voss, and, yeah. Voss and reports they reports all to Darth they Maul. all
2: serve the Sith and Crimson Dawn. Yes, yeah, and Darth Maul established it. And, and so, well, oh, at least they had a significant role in it. Yeah. yeah, and then what do they do later on? They hunt down Obi-Wan Kenobi. Crimson Dawn does. I, I don't know if they hunt down Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I don't, certainly don't want to spoil so you,
0: that, but he suddenly becomes obsessed with him, which may very well be the subject Darth of the future film. With well, him. look,
1: they're trying to make, uh, if the box office failure of this film hasn't cancelled them, these plans, uh, the plan is that Disney's going to make a Obi-Wan Kenobi solo film, not with Han Solo, as well as a, wait for it, Boba Fett uh, spin-off movie. But here's what's exciting. Ewan McGregor is now the right age to portray Obi-Wan at this
0: stage yeah, and it's the timeline. Perfect.
1: And Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan was one of the best things about the prequels. And I think yeah. I think one of the only things about that the Star Wars fans wouldn't mind seeing brought back.
0: Yeah. Um, and Jimmy Smiths was fine in Rogue One, but this would be much more enticing, much better. So I appreciated this twist. Um, I, pre- I wait, why I- is this a twist? bringing Darth Maul back when everyone thought he was dead that's a twist
2: but nobody dies in Star Wars everyone can die and come back whenever they want so, to well as well,
1: force ghosts but no I think death, death death is a thing in Star Wars
0: death is, is it
2: a thing though? Qui-Gon
1: dies we're going spoil um, a lot of Star Wars films yeah. Yeah. here yeah, people um, just disappear Han Solo in dust is not coming back
0: Han is not oh my god that was sad yeah, he it, was good. it was well, it was well executed. It's so predictable, but
1: like
2: no, well, oh, well oh, done oh, enough I, that even though you I, I know actually, it's going to happen, he was it was definitely still works. well executed. He actually, was executed.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I actually take a different view on this. I mean, if you look carefully at that clip in the Force Awakens, we never actually see who handled the lightsaber, so they could very well come back for another reveal at a later point. No,
2: could be uh, a thing. I doubt it. I mean, honestly, there is fanboying, and then there is not showing Whatever the, you're doing. I think not showing a the new lightsaber. Hope. I think not showing
1: the lightsaber is just there for the dramatic effect of, you know, you're really, they can't kill a fan solo. Surely he's going to make it through this. Nope. nope. Mm.
2: Well, It's a good good scene, though. I mean, Adam Driver drove that thing through. Oh. Uh, and and Harrison, Harrison Ford's. We, 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 we up, up
1: the theme
0: tonight, we come back, Adam Driver. Chest. So I did appreciate that twist. Um, that He was, really drives the show. He drives the show. And he was the best thing in the last two actual Star Wars saga films. I wish he was in this one. He would have made it a lot better. That is Solo. It is in cinemas now and for the foreseeable future. Um, maybe check something out at the Sydney Film Festival rather than seeing Solo. Like,
2: uh, If you've already seen Solo, do tell us how terrible it was so we can appreciate the communal experience of appreciating how terrible it was. But, but making a wider point about this, I mean, The Last Jedi
0: was criticised for taking risks and going outside the box. I didn't, I didn't like The Last Jedi in respect, not in those respects, but in other respects. I like and, it. You know, I like it too, yeah. yeah, but the, the thing is, Solo, at least in the very tumultuous uh, production, has been widely viewed, and certainly fairly so following its release, as a film that has playing it very safe and is trying to get that basic <laughs> box office draw, but now it's showing that people aren't actually in favour, that people want risks. And like part
2: of me wants to see the Phil Lord and Chris Miller version of this, which would have been a lot of fun. Adventures in
1: Space. Yeah, I think that was Ron was really. I can't. I can't imagine that it was
2: actually that extreme. I, I can't imagine it either. I mean, and I, isn't I, Han Solo's like the spirit? Is supposed to be adventurous and fun and carefree and laid back, which is all Phil Lord and Chris Miller.
3: Well, anyway, what gets, what yeah, gets, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What
2: gets me is Ron is credited as the
0: director of this, but he only came into the end. I mean, Phil Lord and Chris yeah, Miller—they're
1: well, they're what like advisors on the, in the credits. Look, they. I, I think. Ron Howard directed seventy plus percent of the film, they, which is um, wow. made this a very expensive production because it meant um, a delayed start for the special effects. Yeah, they probably won't which, recoup that money. Basically, no, they're takes. definitely not going so to look, recoup that money.
0: But I think ultimately, this film shows us that we want risk, and even if it doesn't always pay off, we will take it where we can get it. I didn't like all. I didn't. There was one risk I did not appreciate in the Last Jedi, but I appreciate most of them, and I appreciate most of all that they. took What them. was
1: that risk? We're at the spoiler stage. If you're here, you know we're about to spoil the last Jedi, which you've probably already seen.
0: Um, well, there oh, was, oh, spoiler, uh, there were there were a couple of things. It was the Admiral Hodo character, uh, which I felt was a uh, bit of a non, which I felt could have just the the role, the function, could have just as well been played by Admiral Akbar, who deserved a more fitting end, and also the sequence it was completely tonally inconsistent, inconsistent with his character at the end with Finn when he stormed the uh, Death Blaster or whatever it was for the, with the Death Star tech when a few minutes ago he actually wanted to run away for the whole thing, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Right, right. Yeah, so that was Solo. Uh, we will be back on Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. with the Film and Revolt crew. They are a fantastic crew uh, of people, young people uh, in their late teens and early 20s focused on youth-focused film, and they will be talking about some of the uh, films geared towards young people at this festival with them come this Sunday.
1: And on top of that, we'll have another free freewheeling Mad hot take frenzy about all the films we've seen so far.
0: Hot takes, hot takes at them while they're hot. Yeah.
2: Ho- hopefully, not as snarky as this one, but we'll attempt to match the snarkiness. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: we'll be in festival mode, so all bets are off, but we won't be talking about, you know, a, a toy commercial. So, <laughs> so, you know, maybe the, the level of discourse will be pitched towards the intellectual crowd who yeah. gather to see films like Upgrade. Yeah. Upgrade
2: <laughs> <that's all right. laughs> we'll still toy with your intellects, so don't worry. So,
0: yeah. Tune in for 12 to 1 to hear us toy and toy through intellects. This has been Glenn Falcons, Chris Evans, and Verretni Roo. Enjoy The me. toy intellects. Toy, that
1: could be our band name. Toy <laughs>
0: intellects. Oh my God. that's It's going to be a thing.
2: It's mm-hmm. a metal band that I want to... Not be seeing. Oh,
0: that's another one we didn't talk about, the Rockabool. Anyway, we're going to talk about that next week. Have a wonderful <laughs> night. We just, we just can't let go. We just can't let go. There's so many films. Rockaball. I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Freeze me in carbonite before it's too late.
2: Another, another Doctor Who reference. Can, can't let go. I don't oh, want to go. Well, there was
0: Timey Wimey earlier. Yeah. Anyway, that, we, we've predicted from Doctor Who into Star Wars and Doctor Who. I love you, David Star
2: Timon.
1: Wars and Doctor Who. Have a wonderful night.
0: Enjoy Ooh. movies.
1: Or day, or whatever time it is when
2: you're yeah, listening we're to a podcast this, host, you can listen to us basically whenever. Love yeah. movies, love life, love yourself,
0: love City Film Festival. Good night. Bye.